Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome in. It's a very special edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag, a guest that you probably would think two football coaches would never have in their existence of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. It's Jenna Becerra, host of the Believe in Softball podcast right here on this Believe Network. Jenna, how, how are you doing? I'm good. I mean, it is only one game in. Uh, watching the second game, secret have it on mute, just over outside of the screen right now, <laughs> watching it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's good. Supers are fun. Postseason's fun. Mayhem is one of the best times of year. Oh, you you already know. And and, and on the, on the other side of the screen, there uh, it's Mr. Israel Troop. Israel, what's what's going on, dude? What's up, man? Uh, this is a you know, like Jenna said, this is a big exciting time for me as well. I love the the uh, softball um, college world series, so. I literally watch every single game, so this is definitely an exciting time for softball right now. Yeah, no doubt. Well, (laughs) well, if you're a Georgia fan, you're probably a little nervous right now, Um, but before we get into all that, like I said, we are presented by betonline.ag. It is the... It has got everything you need with your sports wagering needs, live odds, games, casino games, casino card games. I'm a blackjack guy myself, Jenna. I don't know about you. I don't know if you're into card games or casino games, but I'm definitely a blackjack guy. Um, You could probably bet on these softball games. Um, Probably wise to take Florida State here, unfortunately for us. But um, again, if you want to get on betonline.ag, either head to the website or get on your mobile device and join. Use that promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Well, just right as you right as you popped on, right as we all popped on here, uh, Georgia fell in Tallahassee to Florida State in the Super Regional Game 1, 8-1. to one. Let's kind of talk about the game itself, what Georgia needs to do to to claw their way back into this thing, uh, what what to look for in game two, hopefully, uh, for Georgia against Florida State. Jenna, what, what what's happening with this with this series? Well, I think this was actually one of the most interesting super regionals that we were all looking forward to this weekend, just because the styles and the strengths of both of these teams, Florida State and Georgia, are a little bit different. You know, for Florida State, they're very pitcher heavy. Their ace, Catherine Sandercock, who got in tonight, through a perfect game at the end of regionals last weekend, you know, so she's, she's in a good, in a good space. She's on a roll. But on the other hand, Georgia, 
is number three country in terms of home runs. And we did see a solo shot tonight. There wasn't anyone on base to make that hurt a little bit more. And I think it was the situational right. hitting, Georgia. Yeah. There were some opportunities. And head coach Tony Baldwin talked about this in the in-game interview where there were some opportunities that they could have capitalized and maybe they didn't. So I think it's not always just the hits. You know, Georgia's got six players who are hitting over 300. They're hitting 322 as a team coming into this weekend, like this split, right? But it's not just getting the hits. It's when you get them. It's capitalizing yeah. at the right time. Situational things, yeah. It, and it's uh, and it just seems that nobody could really get on base or it, it seemed like when when they would, they'd get stranded. Like, yeah, it's it, it can be frustrating at times, right? Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. And that's, that's the nature of it. The wonderful yeah. game of game of baseball and or softball you know it's one of those deals where all right we got runners on we can definitely get these these people over and score a position then something bad happens you know you know it's just just being aware of everything that's going on um i love it you know at least you know it's better than baseball sometimes everybody's swinging from the fence at least these young ladies have the <laughs> can, can figure it out and at least try to put the ball in play and this is coming from yeah. a baseball guy yeah <laughs> Well, I'm pro both sports, but oddly, I don't know what my bias leans me towards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and we'll we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more. We're going to get to know Jenna here um, as we go. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this series now. Game two, setting up game two. Uh, I noticed looking at the pitching stats, uh, it, it seems to be very even split as far as how the pitchers are. Uh, are, are going is that kind of a normal thing in softball or is, is there some you know sometimes where you get a pitcher go complete game or w- what's kind of the norm when it comes to pitching it used to be that you'd have one ace that you would really ride the entire season it used to be kind of the metric or the path to success really for some of these teams especially when you have someone super talented but now with all the technology over the that has developed for hitting and all the film that's out there and all the data that they now have access to. There's just been such a spread of information and even that technology is better and different, you know, so they're, they're hitting the ball farther as well. And athletes in general are just bigger, stronger with the improved Mm -hmm. strength and condition that has occurred across sports over the years. So I think now it's become necessary to have an entire pitching staff by committees. Definitely now the norm and we see why i mentioned it georgia's number three in the country in terms of home mm-hmm. runs they have 92 92 yeah, this season it'd be hard for to go up against them multiple yeah. times yeah exactly and to throw a perfect game against that or yeah it's, yeah. it's insane yeah absolutely so i got a question i was just wondering this does softball have a uh i guess it'd be a pitching clock as well um kind of like baseball i saw it you know this weekend with the sec tournament you know you kind of see the clock I'm kind of the left-hand side of the screen. Does softball have one of those as well? You're hitting on a hot topic here. You're hitting on a hot topic. (laughs) So softball doesn't. But, you know, it's a huge conversation right now. And one of the things people like about softball, and if you are going to compare it to baseball, right, is the speed of the game and how quickly Mm -hmm. it moves. That's just something that people have been really attracted to. Um, But with – Certain things that have changed when regard in regards to pitching, meaning there are more pitchers, so there's more pitchers warming up because more pitchers are coming into the games, right? That takes longer. They have this sort of like arm guard where they have a chart on their arm, and that's how they're getting the signals versus kind of the old school numbers uh, that the catchers might give them, things like that. It takes more time. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, people are like, if we want to stick with the essence of softball, which is the quick movement of this game 
then maybe we should implement a clock. So it is, it is a, a hot topic right now. Oh, no, no, you, you had it, man. I, I was just going to say something <laughs> random, but no, yeah, yeah, like you said, with, the, with the armband, you know, we used them in high school whenever we played, you know, and, and I was just fairly quick. Um, but you kind of see, you know, with, with Florida State, you know, their head coach calls the pitches. So, you know, it kind of takes a while. She writes on a pad, you know, and then she calls the pitches, you know, instead of, all right, let's call the pitch first. And then I write, you know, whatever I need to. So, right. you know, softball is still moving fairly quickly, you know. So, in my opinion, they don't need a clock. But at the same time, you do see some teams, you know, take a long time of looking at the wristband, you know, or looking at the coach, which kind of, you know, slows the game down a little bit. Is there a little game yeah. from shit behind that? There has been. I mean, there have been some some moments uh, this year, too, where people are kind of like making a pitching change to eat up time. Because, for example, if people have a drop dead time where they have to travel, let's say it's Sunday for a series that you're playing, you know, and they have to leave by a certain time to make their as a team. You have to play at least five innings to, for a game to count, first of all. Like, so you have to get at least five innings in. But with that being said, too, um, you if you play like four and a half, but the home team doesn't get to hit, you have to revert back to the previous inning. So sometimes people will be like, well, I'm just I'm going to bring in a new pitcher right now just to eat up some time to try to push it to like, oh, we actually have to revert back to the last inning. So there have been some moments that season where people have been like, oh, come on, you know, just keep playing. Mm-hmm. But you can see that strategy from the coaches. Yeah, just kind of also if, if a team gets in a groove, uh, just to kind of break up some of that rhythm also, I could see that very yeah. easily. That too. Yep, definitely. It's like, falling. it's like falling, you know, a fake injury in football. You know, you just kind of <laughs> fall. But unfortunately for them, the clock stops. It, it doesn't yeah. keep going. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. That's right. And it's just for, for baseball and softball, those type of things just kind of eat into eat into the time. And unfortunately on baseball side, it's nine innings. So you got to kind of get through that. I love that softball seven innings and I love that high school baseball is seven innings and it, it makes it go by so much quicker and the innings are a lot more impactful, I think. So maybe baseball should adopt that. I don't know. Just thinking Absolutely. out loud. Softball's yeah. way more, just, it's way more exciting yeah. to watch than mm-hmm. on TV. You know, just in my opinion, you know, I, I can't sit here and watch a game, you know, in its full just baseball, you know, but I can watch a whole softball game, you know, yeah. you, you can see you know, the excitement, even the commentators, you know, they're not talking about hot dogs and what their dog ate, you know, for dinner. You know, it's all about the game and the players. And that's one yeah. thing, you know, if the commentators for baseball did that, then it will be a lot more exciting to watch. Yeah. And, and they have more time to fill. So that's hard. You know, like in between, like I I do baseball and softball and there's way more time to fill for baseball. So it is easier to kind of keep, maintain that high energy when there is much mm-hmm. fluff maybe that you have to work into the conversation. No doubt. So game two, set us up, Jenna. Game two, what what needs to happen? Who's who's pitching for Florida State in, in game two? Is it going to be kind of the same same deal, same look? Or, you know, what does Georgia need? I mean, obviously, Georgia needs to get more people on base, right? It's certainly. I mean, of course, that's where it starts, right? It's like, let's let's make some adjustments um, from an offensive perspective to get on base, and then let's try to capitalize in those moments that maybe we didn't capitalize on previously but it, it's tough it is tough because 81 percent of the teams in game one and super regionals move on to the women's college world series mm-hmm. so when you lose that first one it's tough now i will say this is from someone who won the first game twice my freshman year and my junior year and eventually we lost and did not go to the world series so it doesn't mean it's not possible 
right. to be a comeback and do it. But it's it's very tough. I think for Florida State, because they have one under their belt, they might not need to throw their ace. They might not need to throw Catherine Sandercock in to start, but I'm sure she'll be ready to come in because clearly mm-hmm. she had some success against Georgia tonight. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. they try to get away with someone else for some innings and they have – uh, McKenna Reed as well uh, that's available who's been a great freshman addition for them so maybe they'll bring her in and then they'll have Sandra Cock ready to potentially close well they're going to have to the fi- Georgia's going to have to figure out a way to get Sydney Chambly cranked up she's been she's been mashing I mean she personally wrecked Virginia Tech in the regionals um, oh, yeah. and and it's it's been she's a lot of fun to watch uh, at the plate just just seeing her crush the ball is, is, is a thing of beauty Oh, yeah, she, well, that's the thing too, and yeah, those hit, those types of hitters too. And what was it? Home runs in the regionals, regionals yeah. alone. Not we're not even talking yeah. about the rest of the season, right? And one of those was uh, a grand slam, I believe, too. So talk, talk about situational. Exactly, because those numbers. are some of the yes, those are the stats that I think, and I like to bring up during broadcast too. That are the most interesting. Like, okay, here's your batting average, but what's your average when runners are in position? What's your average when runners are on yes. base? Right, like those types of things get really, really interesting. Yeah, no Thank doubt. You. Can you come talk to some of our parents sometimes? Because our parents don't understand that, you know, when it comes to baseball. You know, they're like, well, they're batting this. I'm like, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Runners on base. You know, are they actually getting on base? They put the ball in play. My big thing, and me and Corey talk about it all the time, you know, because we, you know, we're hoping that Georgia baseball can get over the hump as well because um, of the success of softball. But one thing that we don't do is put the ball in play. That's one mm-hmm. thing for me. You know, we're running to scoring position or just moving runners. Just put the ball in play. You know, yes. you, and I go back to this with softball. You don't see big, long hacks, you know, no. try to hit the ball. You, you see short, you know, sweet swings, but everybody else is, you know, the head's going this way or first pitch change up, first pitch curveball they're swinging at. Happened yeah. in the Florida State, I mean, the Florida Alabama game last night. You know, just awareness of, you know, if I get this pitch, I'm swinging. If, if I get anything else, I'm not swinging. You know, and that's one thing that you know that I admire about the soft, about softball. You know, they they have a plan when they go to the plate, and that's one big thing for me is having a plan when you step in the batter's box. And there's no chess matches either in in in, in baseball, at least with Georgia. It's just hey, let's just see how far I can hit this ball, and I don't really have a rhyme or reason why I'm going to swing. I'm just going to swing out of my shoes and try to put this thing into the tennis courts beyond left field, but. One thing I love about softball too, and this is this is uh, this is me fanboying out about softball apparently, but uh, I like the creativity of it. I like that any pitch can go any part of the uh, of the park, and the object is to score runs any way possible. And the, I love the creativity of the sport. I wish baseball had more of that. The the Tony Gwynn met the Tony Gwynn was the one of the greatest hitters of all time. There was not a spot in the in the in the ballpark that he could that he wouldn't put a baseball and there was a stat with him where you had, I think it was like Glavin Smoltz, Greg Maddox, uh, Pedro Martinez uh, okay. struck out 12,000 batters. They only struck out Tony Gwynn three times. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another step to look right? is how many strikeouts do they have versus how many times they're putting the ball in play. Like to your point earlier too, Israel, like, that's interesting to look at or how many walks are people getting, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes the batting average might be a little bit lower, but you take a look at the on-base percentage and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually, we need base runners. So maybe this is someone we keep in the lineup. And that's the job of the coach, though, is to figure out all of those types of situations. Yeah, work accounts. Yeah. Jenna, you really, need a, you, 
you really need to come to our schools and, and talk to our talk to our players. <laughs> we're we're both educa- we're both high school educators. Uh, we we have uh, we have a de- we have a pretty good uh, program where I'm at um, softball program. It, it's it's gotten a lot better. It's very young too. So um, yeah, but yeah, taking it, pitches also bothers me too. If, if you just take one, it bothers me so bad to just take mm-hmm. the pitch. So now you're now you're down oh one, and then they I'm take not, the second yeah. pitch and I'm like, Swing the bat, swing it. I am not big on like automatically taking it. Now, if a, if a pitcher has thrown like 10 balls in a row, you know, you're like, okay, maybe yeah. we try to be patient here. <laughs> but as a, as a general rule, exactly. I'm like, oh, I mean, if they're before it, but you do have a plan. If it's not a pitch that really like isn't part of your plan, that's one thing. If it's a pitcher's mm-hmm. pitch, but if, you know, if it if it's there and you get feeling it, why not? You know, it. I that's how I am. Even on 3-0, sometimes I'm like, give them the green light. You know, if they pop up, don't let them do it again. But let them yeah. do first. Time. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I guess the worst that could happen is you could pop out. But um, you know, just give them the green light. So I'm all for that too, Jenna. This I is- honestly say that's the only time I've shaken off my head coach is when he told me to take, and I'm like, Mm-mm, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know how you're suddenly you're like, he, he's gonna give me something to hit, or she's gonna give me something to hit. So I'm, I'm swinging if they give it to me. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. No chance. If you get a hit, maybe the coach is fine. You know, right. we'll see. Yeah, three oh, you're you're <laughs> you're getting something grooved, right? So absolutely. All right, Jenna, let's get to know you a little bit. Let's get to know your your background. You uh played at Stanford. You were an infielder. Uh, yep. Grew up, grew up in California. What so coming out of high school, right? Westlake yep. High School. What at what point while you were in high school? Did you did you know? Hey, I can I can do this at the next level, and I can do this quite well. Like when? What, what was that moment for you? Yeah, I think probably the first half of high school. Um, and it's interesting because pretty soon, not long after my time and getting recruited, people were you know verbally committing in eighth grade, and that was pretty wild. Now they've put in, put some more rules into place where that's not quite as. Um, <laughs> as kosher, like you're not really able to do that as much. But for me, I think it was, yeah, first, first part of high school. And part of that too has to do with grades, um, like understanding how you are as a student. I think it's tough to know that when you're in middle school. But for me, like I was interested in places like Stanford, it was in conversations with places like Harvard and Princeton as well. So that obviously matters to be able to even get yeah, into the institution yeah, in the doubt. first place. But because it just opens up your options, because even if that's not necessarily those aren't your dream schools, like if you have the grades, then that 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 is not a limitation for you at all. Mm-hmm. So it's once you realize like you love it enough to want to keep playing it and doing it every day because you sell your soul a little bit as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your job. You have to want to be able to do that if you feel that passion for it and and you have um, you know your foundations pretty set as a student as well. Options. Absolutely. I tell mine all the time, if you have to be micromanaged in high school, then you should not go play college ball, no matter what sport it is. It's hard. It's hard. And you're on your own for the first time. Absolutely. And with you being at Stanford, I mean, I'm pretty sure that your academic, you know, lifestyle was a lot more strenuous than mine when I was at Georgia. So, you know, I, (laughs) I I could only imagine you know, the, the time spent and, and, you know, practice and all that stuff, you know, what you guys had to go through. Um, Cause Stanford was not on my top list of places to go simply because of that academic prowess that you guys have over there. 
So, but even so, it's like the time management too, right? Like yeah. whether it's, you know, an academic focus, like super focus like that or not, um, and you have to understand and be able to manage your time, you know? So being able to do that in high school to a certain degree to help you prepare for college is, is important. Yeah, absolutely. Time management in anything you do is, is, but yeah, especially if you're a student athlete at a school like Stanford. So uh, uh, aside from the obvious um, that Stanford is an academic powerhouse. What what else about Stanford drew you there? Me at the time in which I was getting recruited to the PAC 12 was very, very dominant when it came to softball. Now, currently it's like 24 out of 30 national championships went to the PAC 12. But at that time, um, I want to say it was like 23 out of 30, something like that. Like insane. Oh, wow. yeah. So for me, That's that so was cool. a goal. Yeah, that was a goal. I wanted to play in the best conference. Um, And so for me, seeing that and having that academic piece to Stanford, seeing both of those things in the athletic department as well, it felt like a no-brainer once I realized that, like, oh, they actually are interested in me. (laughs) But the fact that, yeah, you know, the fact that it was also, I'm from Southern California, I was in Northern California, it was kind of that nice distance to where far enough away where I felt like, I went away to college. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. home every weekend. Not that that's a bad thing for people, but I, I wanted the experience of going away a little bit. My parents could still come to my games. My family members would come to games because it was not too tough of a trip. So it worked right. out for me on a personal level. Well, there you go. So how was it? What, what was it like playing against the UCLA's and the Arizona's of the world during, you know, they were really, really good. They still are really good, you know, but Oklahoma, you know, Florida State, they've kind of, you know, taken the reins of this thing right now. Um, but close, how was it playing against those, against those teams, you know, when they were at the, the pinnacle, you know, of, of pretty much softball during that time? Yeah, I mean, awesome. Like, it was great. Uh, I think I went actually back to Tucson for the first time since I played uh, Pac-12 tournament because it was hosted at Arizona this year. And they've completely redone the facility to upgraded everything. It was really cool to see just the investment from that perspective um, and knowing how much they deserve it as a program, just historically, um, you know, Mike Candrea was the longtime coach, one of the winningest coaches in collegiate soft history. It's Mike Candrea field now, you know, so it, it feels right. And with UCLA, yeah, it's like every, especially being from Southern California, it's like you want to play. Yes, so you're watching win the World Series. Like you want to be able to play and be in those situations. That's why you do it. So I thought it was really fun. Was it hard? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is this is some top competition. You know, I don't know if everyone's batting average was that wonderful in those games, right? But like, it was it was fun to be able to challenge yourself. And I remember playing UCLA, Lisa Fernandez, uh, who's the goat of softball basically she's yes. still now yeah. the, the pitching coach there i had met her she's the only one i ever had like a starstruck moment with when i was like 10 years old mm-hmm. and i got her autograph at like some ucla like alum event or something and then i got to play in the other dugout against her you know so th- those types yeah. of things are really really awesome yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like it's like why people go to the SEC for football right now, and you know, you want to play against the best, and and that's the best. How was Cal during yeah, those times? I know, I know that's Stanford's biggest rival, uh, just in oh, general. Yeah. But what was that? Is that carry over to softball too, or, or did that rivalry was geared more towards Arizona because that was that was the team to beat? No, they're de- definitely the rivalry. There always will be, right? Like, there's no mm-hmm. escaping that. Uh, 
when it's your main rival across the entire athletic department. You have your own special rivalry, maybe, with like the UCLA's and the Arizona's. And for me, yeah. one of those super regionals I mentioned that lost was against Arizona at home. So that was that hurt, you know, yeah. <laughs> it hurt. But Cal, yeah, absolutely. And they were they were solid. Having a championship, they won in two thousand two, um, mm-hmm. and they were always very competitive. They went to multiple women's college world series too, even didn't really win in the end and even their head coach now is is an alum who was on that national championship team so i think they're coming back and building up too um and and i will give credit to the sec i have to because the investment in the facilities has been huge for the growth of softball you said it like oklahoma uh, not in the sec but like oklahoma's a big one florida state right soon soon florida state's a big one but really looking at facilities at alabama and even at sc and these are fantastic and that helps the fan base and that grows the game at the end of the day. So that has been huge for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Josh Brooks just got a, you know, big pay raise and, you know, they, they just upgraded everything, the softball facility. Um, You know, it's, it is, it is really, really nice over there too. But I do have this question too. I met uh, CJ Spiller this year. Um, He's recruited for Clemson, you know, and I don't get starstruck like when I see actors and things like that. I get starstruck when I see like people I used to watch on TV, you know, like athletes and stuff. So meeting CJ, I was just like, you're CJ Spiller, you know, just kind of looked at him in awe, you know. So what <laughs> softball player, you know, have you met, you know, that's you're like, I remember watching you, you know, and you kind of starstruck. You know, I know you mentioned Lisa, um, you know, and I remember watching her as well. Her and Kat Osterman and Jenny Fans yep. and them all them play. You know, like, but which yeah. one did you meet? You're just like, oh my God, you're you. You know, I'm standing right next to you. Yeah, Lisa's the biggest one, and probably the only one where I literally was speechless because I remember I was with my my friends, my teammates at the time. You know, we we're just little ten year olds, and I actually like was just staring at her and wasn't talking. And they were like, "She's really excited to meet you." Like, I promise. You know, <laughs> that's the only time that's ever happened. But. Since the the podcast, like since starting Believe in Softball, I've also gotten to speak to so many other players that I used to watch. Like Natasha Watley was one of my first people I ever interviewed, and she's been on the show now three or four times. And she's also one of the greatest, you know, and so getting to know them as people has been cool. I've had Kat Osterman on the show. I've had Monica Abbott on the show. Like some of these people that you mentioned, too, like that we even people outside of the softball community know who the people are. They had that big of an impact, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it has been weird every once in a while having like a text or an email from someone where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I used to watch you in the Olympics and now we're just chatting, <laughs> you know, we're just texting, <laughs> whatever. So yeah. Yeah, we're, we're buds now. I kind of have your phone number, you know, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, you're, yeah. you're going to be a regular on my show, believe in softball. So <laughs> heck yeah. So uh, you're, 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 you're doing color commentary for the, is it the PAC 12 network now these days? Yeah. Yeah. PAC 12 networks. Um, I do color and play by play and also for Stanford athletics too. So a little bit of both. Okay. So all, all, all yeah. the above, right? So play by play for softball, like it's pretty, it's pretty fast. Like we talked, we talked about earlier uh, about how fast the sport is covering it play by play. How did you get used to it? I guess that, I mean, obviously playing it helps, but like sitting in the booth is a whole different animal. Even if you've played it or not played it, just keeping up with the pace of it. Like, what was that learning curve like for you? Yeah, it's completely different to your point. I mean, there are certain things that you're very instinctual about, right? Mm-hmm. But there are other things where you think about it and it's not something where you show up, right? You have to prepare. How is that different from being an athlete where you're not just going to 
show up to a game. No, you're going to practice. You're going to do your, your diligence. Like maybe it's like, what's the game plan against these pitchers for this other team or, or even looking at film on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's my swing looking like right now? Like doing those types of things for the role of being the broadcaster. And I think for me, I take it really seriously in the sense that like, we're telling these women stories, you know, like this. Mm -hmm. And for some of them, these are some of the biggest moments that they might have in their lives. And like, we get to to be the ones to deliver that. So I think just kind of when I was able to actually not think of it as something so different and think of it as like, Oh, why don't I approach this the way I approach things as an athlete with that sort of preparation and, and the, that kind of mindset really. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like it became really more natural. And, and I felt like that's, why I loved it so much is because I'm like, Oh, I almost feel like not exactly like an athlete. I'm certainly not going to get out there and like run the bases right now, but um <laughs> You know, I felt like, okay, yeah, I'm still in the game, you know. There you go. Now, do you like play-by-play or color more? I was about to say, do you it's have a good question. Kind of like Bruce Davis and yeah, them yeah, go, go, with, go with his question first sheet. about the big play sheet. Yeah, go you with know, that. Oh, go yeah. with the names and, and kind of, you know, the sheet of pretty much everything they need to know. You know, laminated and everything yes. with pencil marks and everything on it. Not laminated only because I have to have some so many things throughout the game you know i just like so i i yes it'd be difficult yeah you got the scorebook you got everything it's so much information and that's what i hope that that fans also realize too is how much prep goes into that for for all sports really Um, but oh yeah definitely have it i hand write a lot of things too so that can be time consuming but it does help me kind of remember and like retain the information a little bit um versus having to like look at my sheet every thing that's it's intense. It's a lot of information. I don't know that my <laughs> I don't know that my my tiny brain could could uh, could process all of that. I, I probably could. I don't know, but um, that's impressive. It, it really is. And and to jump back and forth between color commentary and play by play, do you have a preference over one of those? Is it how challenging is it when when you're in the you're in the color seat versus the play by play seat to kind of switch your brain over? It's different. Like it's, it's almost like playing a different position, you know, um, for me, obviously I started with color because that makes the most sense from just an analysis mm-hmm. standpoint, if you played, like, you know what you're talking about from that mm-hmm. perspective. So well, let's translate that, you know, but then as I, I'm going, um, I actually have done quite a few games just by myself to where you are the play by play person and the color person. And I think that actually has helped most. I mean, it's tough, right? Being by yourself. It's much more fun when you have someone to talk to and, Mm -hmm. and you're like, do I laugh at my own jokes or are we just, we're just, yeah, go, go ahead. Just, just roll with it. Just laugh. Laugh away. You're like, all right, sure. But, but it makes you do both. Right. And you have to make that adjustment. So I I did find myself over time when I'd be doing color where I'd be like almost antsy because I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited about telling this story or about this matchup or about this or that that I'm like, I kind of want to be the one lead, you know? So I did, I have started to like play by play more and more, especially if I can do it with another former softball player or a former mm-hmm. baseball player, that makes it super fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then just being able to be in the driver's seat where you, it feels like you have a, little, a lot more control, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Although having a great, being a color person, having a good play by play person is awesome too. Like Kate Scott from Pac-12 Network um, was one of the, earlier folks who I got to partner with. Now she's the voice of the 76ers, you know? And so well, getting to learn okay. from some of these super tenured people is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite the jump too, going from Pac-12 network to the voice of the Sixers. So yeah, congratulations it's, it's to her. It's 
Oklahoma State game is already in the fourth inning, and I'm pretty sure baseball is still in the first. It's amazing how that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I'm peeking over. I see we're going to win nothing right now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, so fast. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I, I noticed you majored in communications and in, in the broadcast thing in, in, in college. Did, you, did your high school have a program like that? I teach, I teach this, uh, in my high school here in, in Nashville. Um, so like I'm trying to, I'm trying to re- actually, I'm trying to recruit more girls. Um, our production and and operation. I'm just here, you know, I'm I'm just a body, (laughs) but without Corey, this boat. Well, without Israel, the boat definitely doesn't get out of the port because he, he brings the, uh, he brings the credibility of, of being, uh, being in the locker room, uh, at Georgia. I I was just in the recruiting office, but going back to that, I teach, I teach production at my high school. Um, like I said, I'm trying to recruit more girls to my program to get that balance and to let them know that there are avenues like yourself to, to get into sports broadcasting or broadcasting in general or film or things like that. When did you know that you wanted to do this side of it? Like after your playing days were, were over whenever that would, whenever that was, whether it would be high school, college, or if you, if you went to the professional ranks too. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that, that you're starting that early. Um, for me, I, I actually did what's called a co-term, like a terminal degree at Stanford. So mm-hmm. you basically can stay one extra year and get your master's degree to get into mm-hmm. the program, but you could start yeah. your master's while you're still finishing bachelor. That's why it's kind of like co-term at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's, so for that's, me, I, yeah, it was great. I was like, why would I not do this? You know, know. take take um, full advantage of that. That sounds, wow. Okay. George, UGA, you taking notes on this co-term thing? Yeah. I, I hope you have it. Cause that, that is probably, if you want to get people in your master's program, there you go. Co-term. Yes. A hundred percent. And even with all the grad transfers these days too, like those programs <laughs> yeah, no are, are great to have from that side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I started in that fifth year in my, in grad school. Um, the, the student radio just asked me to, to join for some games. And I was like, sure. My room at the time, one of my classmates who had gotten hurt. So she was still playing that year. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll probably go to a lot of games anyway. Why not? You know, why not try it? And it was a kind of blend of that passion with, you know, what I'm studying. Cause I was media studies for, for grad right. school too. And they didn't have a specific broadcast journal program at Stanford at the time. So I tried to get as close as possible, sort of with the communication piece, the media studies Mm -hmm. piece, took some journalism classes that were more focused on writing, Um, but just trying to get my feet wet with it. So to hear that you're doing that in high school is actually Mm -hmm. really exciting. And you're right. Part of the reason I'm interested in my player more too is because, yeah, there aren't as many women in that role, actually. Um, And I think it would be great to increase that, especially in sports specifically. So, so mm-hmm. why not, you know, why not do that? So that's great. It's almost like getting more women and girls in STEM. We're, we're doing that for this too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Because like my classes are heavy loaded with boys, which as you know, can get, you know, at the high school age can get pretty rambunctious. So um, for behavior standpoint, also that would, I think, calm that down, but even just getting girls more interested in the, the the film industry, the TV industry, and just knowing that there are avenues there, I, I think would they they would it would open some doors for them, and, and I think they would they would enjoy it. I've I've got I've got this one girl who's going to be a senior. She's she's kind of like leading the charge right now with that. Um, I, I have a uh, I have I have a girl that graduated. Uh, she's graduating from Western Kentucky now, actually, um, with a film degree. So she just she just uh, had her uh, she just had a movie premiere actually uh, not long ago. That's so awesome. I was really excited about her. Uh, her name's 
Her name's Annalise Lytle. If if uh, if she ever wants to get into sports broadcasting, I'll send her your way. But yeah, I mean Absolutely. that's that's incredible. Just you just just by chance happen to hop on the radio. I, I like that. Now now you're the host of Believe in uh, Softball, and you're you're doing all this play by play stuff on the Pac-12 Network. ESPN will come calling, I'm sure, very soon. So I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, they have a great roster as it is, um, especially with the color talent and a lot of former just groups in legends, you know, mm-hmm. but if, again, like I said, if I could do play by play with, with some of them on color, that would be the dream. Yeah. I mean, you're no slouch yourself. I mean, you were all, you were all <laughs> conference honorable mention uh, as, as a corner infielder uh, at, at Stanford. So we're, uh, you know that they could add that to their roster as well. So somebody that played in the best conference in in America uh, in the in the early 2010s, uh, it would be would be incredible for ESPN. So also got to ask this: first or third? Yeah. What 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 is playing the corners in softball? Very scary thing. It can be if you let it. It's the hot corner for a reason, right? At third yeah. base. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. Like there are some, I've had some shots hit at me at the base. I had to choose if that's what you're asking to like third base, I would choose. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. particularly with softball, when you're trying to defend against slappers. So I know I mentioned creativity yeah. in softball. Mm-hmm. Some of that's that like scrappiness from the slappers as well. Those lefties who are like running already when yeah, they're I'm, swinging. I'm a lefty. I would probably be a slapper if I played softball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are so fun though. Cause they're trying to kind of trick you and it's this cat and mouse game that you have mm-hmm. with them where are they going to lay down a bunt? Are they going to try to hit it hard past you? Are they going to try to chop something and run it out if they have speed? And it's, that's really fun to me. And of course the reactions are fun too. If you have something hit at you super hard, like it's really fun to, you know, steal it from someone and be like, Nope, not today, not today. <laughs> but I do think first base is underrated. Like to have an athletic first baseman does make, a big difference, especially when you're stretching, when you have like that range, like to, mm-hmm. to support your other infielders. Like I do feel like that's underrated. So I did have to say that too. <laughs> yeah. Very underrated. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm a, guy. I'm, I'm a middle guy, a middle infield. I'm, I can't, there's something about that corner, man. It just, just scares the absolute daylights out of me. Cause I mean, you got a split second, you know, when that ball's coming, you know, especially you get a slap hitter, you know, that just happens to fire one down the line or anything like that. Now y'all, y'all can have it. Kudos to you guys who play. Yeah, very, very much. Yeah. Very much respect. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a measly old outfielder. I played right field. So <laughs> last I, I was, line of defense. That's the last yeah, line I, of defense though. I, I was, I was mowing people down at, at the plate from right field. Get those right. Get those righties and slice it. Yeah. Yeah, or even, uh, you know, sometimes getting the occasional runner at first base. They think they got mm-hmm. a base hit, three, four, and again, not today. Although, Israel, I was I grew up at shortstop, too, and so I did have to, like, adjust to, to the corners in college. It's different, and in the summers, I'd play on a women's team and go back and forth a little bit, and you're like, okay, yeah, this I yeah. forgot. This is a little bit different, you know, but both are five different ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The worst is trying to remember bunt coverage. You know, you're playing third. <laughs> And then, you know, you're playing short. Then all of a sudden you're playing second. You're like, all right, where do I go on this particular ball? Second. Second is, <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways, at least mentally, harder, I think, than shortstop. Because you have yes. more coverages. Oh, there's more going on. Yeah. And people people kind of sleep on that sometimes. But yeah, If you're a second baseman, I mean, you're a first baseman as well. I mean, you're, you know, you do so much of that one position that people don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very true. Now, st- stolen bases. 
stolen bases and softball. How does you know like how does how does how does yeah, stealing how does work? work? Yeah, talk talk to us about stealing bases here. Well, when you can take off is a little different than baseball. So that I think mm-hmm. is is first thing to kind of understand. So when you can leave the bag when you're stealing is when the ball is released from the pitcher's hand. So like you have to time it in that way. So it's a little different than, you know, as a, in baseball, you're, they're kind of like starting their wind up mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a little different. You don't take the lead off ahead of time yeah. either. You have to wait till they release it. Able to speed. So um, it's slightly different, but I think there's so much speed in softball. And like I said before, like their athletes are just short fast now too, because of the, the, knowledge that there is with strength and conditioning so they are fast so people steal a lot especially those slabs like if they come base with a you know some sort of chop ground ball or a bunt then they're stealing second that's ideal you know they're already in scoring Mm -hmm. position um but i love seeing a good caught stealing like for a catcher to just mow someone down is is really fun to watch now don't lie to me both of you don't lie to me on this. When when you see a catcher throw somebody out at second, whether you're watching a baseball game or a softball game, Jane's addiction been caught stealing. If it doesn't play through your head, you're lying. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I saw a hit from uh, Florida last night. I was stealing against Alabama. One, the catcher hit the pitcher in the back, which is pretty impressive for you to even do that. And mm-hmm. secondly, um, the worst feeling as a base runner, as a stealer, is when you see that ball cross your face and you haven't even started your slide yet. It's a very painful. Yeah. I've never felt it, but I've seen it happen to people before. And I'm talking about yeah. the guy from Alabama just smacked the guy from Florida dead in the face. I'm talking about, wow, you know, across. And he was out by a mile. I was like, that guy feels terrible right now. Now <laughs> you got Rollins across your face. You're dirty, you know, and you're out. I mean, you just pretty much got trifected. And now you got to make that slow yeah. trot back to the dugout <laughs> and your coach is just waiting on you. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think he was supposed yeah. to steal. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no. The head man was not happy. Yeah. Mm. That's not a fun conversation. To Miss have. sign. That's yeah. That's a whole other, other ball game too. But I, I remember stealing. I was safe. I guess I had that going for me, but oh, I remember yeah. stealing and the shortstop, the, the throw was actually, like kind of inside the bag. So kind of like up of me as I was sliding in, it was a little offline and the, the shortstop tried to come over to catch it. Right. You're not trying to let that go to the outfield, but step on my shin with her cleats, her metal cleats, her spikes. And it was, uh, it was pretty ugly. <laughs> like I was sick, I said, but it didn't really feel good to run after that for a little while. I still have scars from it now. Oh, that's tough. Ooh, that's a bad oh man, thing. that's my shins are hurting just thinking about that right now. That's yeah. ouch. <laughs> any, any other any other stories from from your playing days that that you know you you look back on and you're like that was that was a moment that that I'll remember in an interaction that you had with a base runner. Uh, you know, one of those fun gamesmanship uh, trash talk type moments where you're you know you you rob somebody of a sharp line drive and you're just like do the matumbo finger wag or (laughs) any 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 moments like that there are some plays that stick out like i said i was at third base and a slapper was trying to play it pull something i remember being in alabama and tuscaloosa and it was one of their best players um one of the fastest players went on to be an all-american and the next year they actually won the national championship so but um 
you know, it looked like a really tough play. Like the second that chopped it, um, it looked like she had plenty of time, but I still threw her out, you know? So you remember those kind of moments. Mm -hmm. I remember my freshman year, one of our seniors in the regionals, we eventually lost, but in the first game that we won, she hit a home run and she was a very like, you know, chill kind of swagger, like a base swag. Like she's a New Yorker, mm -hmm. grew up loving Jeter, all that stuff. And she was, oh, didn't yeah. show a lot of emotion usually, but she was going nuts, you know, when she hit the go ahead home run. So you were those teammate moments. And then the biggest moment I probably remember is my senior year. Um, I ended up being the first to do yes, the only person who's done it, but I hit grand slams and back to back games in, um, one of our series against Oregon state, I want to say, and it was actually the same pair. <laughs> so that, that was kind of rough for, for them, but um, same place, same, everything. It was like the same replay basically. And then long after that, um, we actually shared a plane with Oregon state as we were going to postseason. Mm -hmm. just cause you don't know we're going a few days before you have to be there um, with selection show. And I remember kind of like awkwardly walking by and just being like, oh, this is, this is a little awkward, <laughs> but that's an Oregon state. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys get like ass chewings and softball like we do in football? Because I've seen, they look really nice on TV, you know, but they look, some of these coaches look like, I mean, they can let it ride, you know, a couple oh, times. Yeah. So, you know, they look really nice. And they're like, yeah, you know, when they do their interviews, they're like, yeah, you know, we got to do this. And I think in the back of their mind, they're like, I'm going to, you know, they want to choke somebody, you know? So, oh, like, how is the demeanor from a coach in softball, you know, as compared to, you know, any other sport? Is it kind of the same or, you know, are they a little bit nicer than they are to us? If they are, it's uh, marginal, marginally nicer. Um, it might not be quite as crazy as football. Like I can't, I can't necessarily learn to football, but there are definitely moments for sure. I actually had a, a quote book uh, with our coaches quotes on different things. He's, you know, sometimes funny things, sometimes some of the stuff where it was, I remember him telling us to like, he told somebody like two people back to back, they're really good players, but they pop up, you know, it's like grab both your ears and pull your heads out of your asses, you know, <laughs> and you're like, okay, <laughs> wow, that was in front oh, of everyone, you know? And and that was kind of mild, but there's plenty of moments like that too. Yeah, of course. In the heat of the moment, like if you're a competitive person, how do you not like have a moment, mm -hmm. you know, like, so yes. And I remember my travel ball coach growing up too, he would yell at you in the same tone, whether he was giving you a compliment or getting on you. And you're like, That's oh, you had to, so you had to listen to what he was saying. Cause you're like, wait, was that good or bad? I'm not, I'm not really sure. So, but he was intense. He was really intense. Yeah. I, I coached middle school's baseball this year and I came out of retirement because I gave it up a long time ago. And I had to I realize really quickly that I can't say what I want to, because these are like 12, you know, the 14 year old kids, kids you know, cause I've been coaching varsity for forever. And um, it's really, really hard to be like, mm, you have to kind of catch yourself before you say it. You normally, you know, I let it fly, you know, with, with my older kids, but like, yeah, y'all gonna yeah. be glad y'all are in middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I've, I've let it fly a few times too with the, with the varsity guys, but I've never coached middle school baseball, so that that would be that would be adjustment for me. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's interesting <laughs> for for lack of a better term. But he was the Bobby Cox of South Georgia middle school baseball, so don't 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 get it twisted. Whatever he was doing was working. 
Mm. And what makes it so bad, you know, you know, people say, you know, boys and, you know, girls and stuff are different, but girls take ones a lot better than boys. They really do. You know, no matter where it comes girls, from. You know, I'm, girls I'm do mean a lot of things girl. better than boys. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I can say this to her and she's fine. If I say the same thing to him, like he's going, man, what you talking about? But yeah, she just took it. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, unfortunately, girls are a little more used to kind of being criticized, I think, like in a general sense, not just for sports. Mm. I mean, in a general sense, or at least scrutinized, I should say, a little bit more. So I don't know if that has to do with it, but it, that's a maturity thing too, right? Like girls tend to mature quick, more quickly than boys do. So when you're mm. at that age, it's kind of natural. Girls seem to yeah, so let things roll right off their back. Yeah. Yeah, not even yeah. phase them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, there's there's some girls that will that will clap back. I mean, just like that. Yeah. You know, in, in, in a split second. There's, I've seen there's that some too. Out here. I married God, there's some out here. <laughs> Heck yeah. So um <laughs> all right, Jenna, tell us about Believe in Softball. Tell, uh, give us the uh, w- when did you start Believe in Softball? Yeah, I started it in February twenty twenty. So it was a really exciting start to the season that year that obviously like a few weeks in was put to a grinding halt. <laughs> and then yeah. I felt like everybody started starting podcasts after that. During yeah, COVID, I, I, I came on board in June uh, of 2020 and Israel joined me uh, later on in September. But um, how did you find belief? Actually, funny enough, uh, there was a LinkedIn post where they were looking for hosts, like a job post. Mm-hmm. I used to work at LinkedIn, like separate from all the sports stuff. When my first job out of my first full time job out of college was working at LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. and it was his name was Carlton. So you might have known him at the time, but uh, yeah. basically, he just yeah, they were looking for hosts, different sports, different teams, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a few ideas. One of them was obviously softball, of course, yeah. probably number one. Um, and they're like, okay, sure, let's do it. And so that's sort of how it happened. But did starting Zoom just like two weeks maybe before everyone else did because yeah. because I started the podcast like two weeks before the yeah. shutdown. But yeah, it's been it's been a while though, a little over three years. This is the fourth yeah, season, softball season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're about to enter season four of, of football for for Israel and I. So that that's that's exciting. We. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a that was a crazy journey there. I I, I found the same thing with LinkedIn. Um, I talked to Josh Kreider actually is is who I, oh, or Nick yeah. Kreider, Nick Kreider and Josh Fisher. Nick. Um, yeah, yeah, Nick and Josh. I I talked with them. A friend of mine who hosts Believe in Badgers um, had a Vanderbilt show as well. Still does, but he doesn't really do much with it. He's he's really killing it with Believe in Badgers. He kind of got me on on board with that. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. It's kind of believe itself too. The network has come a long way since yeah, 2020. On. We, we've partnered with Cumulus Media. Yeah. So that's that's, that's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we're like the first time I saw that our show was on Sirius XM, I was like, I, I texted Israel, I was like, dude, we're 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 moving on up like the Jeffersons here. Yeah, Mama, I made it. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Sirius XM. What more do I need? <laughs> moving on up, yeah, exactly. I love it. Well, before we let you go, where can we find you? Social media, every, all, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Believe in Softball has uh, Twitter and Instagram too. It's on YouTube, all well the, the standard uh, audio podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. 
You can follow me on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and on Instagram at JennaBecerra too. And I'm, I'm available. I, isn't it funny how athletes lots of times will have their Jersey number in their handle. I like to let that out since I first got a Twitter. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Not an Instagram, but Twitter, you know, I mean, you, you could see, <laughs> you could see it right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me too. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're, we're all, we're all the same at, at some point, <laughs> all us athletes. Yeah. So, well, Jenna, it was it was great having you on. We got to do this again sometime. Um, maybe uh, maybe sometime later this summer. Just recap the women's college world series. Just kind of unpack it all. Uh, maybe we, we'll watch you on TV. Are you covering the women's world series? Are you? I I think I may be. Plans are still being finalized, but yes, I might be in Oklahoma City, and I'm even thinking about just going anyway. Even okay. even if I'm working it, I'm like, you know what, I might just go. So we'll see. Well, we- but I should be there. We hope to see you on TV. That's that's my that's my yeah. goal for you. <laughs> I, I want to see you on TV for the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. So hopefully the dogs can win Game Two and Game Three. Hopefully we hopefully we can get out of Tallahassee with a series win and punch our ticket to Oklahoma City. And uh, Jenna, it was great having you. Like I said, host of Believe in Softball. You can find her also on the Pac-12 Network and with Stanford Athletics, covering the great sport of softball. So Jenna. Have a great evening if you make it out to Oklahoma City. Have a great trip, and hopefully we'll see you on TV. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And, yes, it's not done yet in Tallahassee. It is not done no, yet. I don't think it's just going away quietly, so we'll no. see. Bring out the bats. Bring out the bats on, on uh, tomorrow night. So uh, we are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. We thank Jenna for joining us. Uh, Israel, you know the drill, as always. Until next time, go dogs. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.